Welcome to the Success Road Podcast. This is the podcast where we meet at the intersection of your life, and then we take decisive action to move onward toward higher levels of success. My name is Joshua Rivers from podcastguymedia.com, and I'm taking you on this journey today. We get to talk with Lori Orlinsky, who is the author of children's books such as Being Small Isn't So Bad After All and The Tooth Fairy's Tummy Ache. In this episode, she shares the catalyst for her becoming an author and what it has been like writing several books. So we're going to hear her story. We're also going to hear about writing one book, which led to writing others. And then also we're going to be able to see some of the different things that she teaches in her book that's not good just for kids, but is also very applicable for us as adults as well. And I think you're going to be able to get a lot of inspiration. So let's jump into this conversation with Lori. So my story is a little bit non-traditional. I've always wanted to write a children's book, but I never had the inspiration to do so. I remember sitting at coffee shops and just trying to think of a subject and it never hit me. And one day when my daughter was three years old, she is now seven and a half. So she's in second grade. Her name is Haley. And when she was three, she came home from school crying. And it turns out her preschool teachers were redecorating the classroom And they hung a growth chart in the classroom. It's just a little decoration, a little activity. And Haley was the shortest in the class. All her friends were at the top in the middle of the chart. And she was all the way at the bottom. And it was, she was a very outgoing child. And it was the first time that she realized that she was different than her peers. And it was also the first time that they realized she was different from them. They would call her shorty and peanut and names that made her feel really upset. And Also, you know, as a child, you're conditioned to seeing things that are on the top be better and of higher value. And when you see things on the bottom, you kind of equate that with, you know, being the worst or being least. And so she went through a phase where she didn't want to go to school. It really impacted her. And so I would always tell her all the the great things that small kids can do because I'm only 5'1". And it never resonated with her. So I just went on Amazon and I typed in books about short kids and nothing came up. I couldn't believe it. And so that was my aha moment. I decided I'm going to write this book and I'm going to write it for my daughter, Haley, and also for any parents that are in any similar situation than me. And the book is called Being Small Isn't So Bad After All. And it's literally, it's a rhyming picture book about our story, a little girl who doesn't want to go to school because she's the shortest in class. And her mom flips the switch and talks about all the things that small kids can do because of their height. For example, you're the last one to get wet when it rains and you get the most legroom when we fly in a plane. And so by the end of the book, the child um, who literally Haley comes out with confidence and uh, a little bit more empathy for others who have been bullied. And the book has been so, so well received. I think it's won about 10 awards in the book publishing industry. And you know, the book originally, as I said, was for my daughter and it became known as a bullying prevention book because you can take the word short out and you can sub it for anything that makes a child feel different, whether it's skin color, gender, sexuality. And so it's really resonating with kids of all sizes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And bullying is, is really a big problem. And of course, whatever, over the last 10 years or so, it's really grown to online bullying and all that too. So, I mean, and, and even as adults, it doesn't stop and you get into the workplace or whatever different places and it's still represented there in a lot of different places. So 
Um, so have you personally experienced um, any of those things that maybe kind of um, went into this process or maybe surfaced as you were looking into this as well? No, I wasn't bullied ever because of my height, but I was bullied in other ways as a child. Uh, my last name, my maiden name was Geller. And so Geller Smeller was a huge thing. And it was, it was really hard because I'd have to like prove, no, I showered and things like it just, kids are so cruel and so mean. And, and so part of the reason that I also, you know, share the message of this book is because not only does it help kids that may feel different, but the hope is that it gives other kids perspective on the power of their words. For example, you see that when kids call Haley these names, Shorty and Peanut, I don't think that they were doing it to be mean. They were doing it to, you know, be genuinely trying like poke fun at the situation that maybe to make her smile, but it didn't. So I think it shows that everything we do has perspective. And so I did draw from some of my own experiences there as well. And, you know, they say, Sticks and stones may break your bones, but names will never hurt you. But it's not the case. I mean, the lasting impacts of bullying stay with you forever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, words are extremely powerful, and so that so it, it's really good that you that you wrote this book to be able to address that issue. And I'm assuming it's a children's book, but I'm I'm assuming that uh, adults we can probably learn something from from the book as well, and maybe learn to be able to change the way that we say some things and approach different um, circumstances. The book also leads to a natural conversation about bullying. I mean, as a parent, I always have a hard time kind of sitting my kids down and saying, okay, we need to talk about this tough topic because they clam up and they're on the defense and they're like, mommy, but I don't do that. And so it's a good way, books in general are a good way to introduce tough discussions to kids because you can read the book and then teach them a lesson just through reading comprehension. What did the main character in the book do? What could they have done? What would you have done? And it teaches them a lesson kind of without them knowing it. And it takes a little bit of pressure off us as parents to say the right things. Mm -hmm. And it gets them to be able to, even at young ages, to be able to start doing a little bit of critical thinking in that way too. So it's not, so they're actually like thinking through, okay, if I come across this situation, this is how I can react. So then when they do come across those situations, they already have a narrative in their head of what they can be able to respond to. And that can be very powerful. Exactly. And I just, my hope with this book is that, you know, it parents and children, no matter what your size is, you can take the messages from that and understand that bullying, name calling, microaggressions, you need to just think before you speak. And that also, you know, if you have a difference, whether it's being short, whether it's having red hair, no matter what your difference is, look at your difference as something that makes you special rather than makes you stand out in a negative way. Now that that can be hard, though, um, because sometimes we don't realize that we're we're doing that when we say something. We make but totally oblivious to the fact that that could be potentially offensive to the other person. And so, so is there any way that you can think of that can help people be able to think of those? Cause I mean, someone may truly not even realize that that something is offensive and they just say it just because maybe that's what they've heard or, or whatever. I think the biggest thing, you know, for a child is to instill in them 
ask your friends if something is okay. You know, if you're going to call them a nickname or a pet name, ask them if that's okay. Ask them how it makes them feel because a lot of times kids won't tell them unless they're asked. So ask them if it's okay. And also you just, as parents, keep the lines of communications open with your children and look for red flags. If they, with Haley, I mean, she was such a bubbly, outgoing child and she came home one day, crossed her arms and didn't go back until we addressed the, what was going on. And so know your child and look for signs that something might be amiss and, and kind of tackle it from there. But I would say too, as a parent, and when it comes to bullying prevention, one thing I would never do, um, even though this is what you want to do is take it into your own hands. Don't call the parents. Don't, don't, you know, don't overreact. Your first gut is always, you know, to protect your child, but don't, you know, swoop in and overreact. Make sure you get all the information first and then involve your child in coming up with a plan of how you're going to handle it. So they feel like they're part of the solution. Yeah, that sounds good. And so I I guess writing books is like podcasting to where once you start one, you want to do another one. And so uh, you've written a second book as well. um, Not about bullying, but can you tell us what that book is and um, what you're trying to convey through that? Absolutely. And I'm so thankful for the negative experience that my daughter went through because that negative experience gave me the confidence to write a book. And then I said, I think it's pretty good. I can do it again and again. And so um, I'll have a third book coming out soon too. But my second book is called The Tooth Fairy's Tummy Ache. And it's another rhyming lesson-based picture book. And this is something in my family we struggled with teaching our daughters how to be honest. You know, we noticed that they would have some little white lies and it's hard. You know, it's some of the things are small, like, you know, sneaking candy up into your room and things like that. But I wanted to teach my girls a lesson on how to be honest. And I thought, who better to do that than the tooth fairy, than somebody they look up to and love. And so this book is about a little girl. And of course, because the first character in my book was named Haley after my older daughter, the second character in my book was named Ellie after my younger daughter, who's almost five. And the book is about a little girl named Ellie who swallows her first tooth. And so she's like, oh my God, what am I going to do? The tooth fairy is never going to come. So she looks all over her house for something that she can put under her pillow. And finally she puts a kernel of popcorn under there, crosses her fingers and like goes to bed. And the next morning, the tooth fairy, you know, she's get, she gets the shiny silver dollar. And, but what she doesn't realize is that the tooth fairy is up there um, trying to deal with this tooth that she thinks is a tooth and it starts popping everywhere and so the whole mystery is will the tooth fairy be able to deliver uh, all the the money to all the kids because she's got a tummy ache because that she ate all this popcorn and so at the end of the book she goes through the window and tells the little girl it's best to be honest and always tell the truth you should have just told me that you swallowed your tooth and so the story is filled with all the fun things that kids like like you get to see a glimpse inside the Tooth Fairies workshop, but then it also has a lesson on honesty. So it's a great book for reading comprehension and to ask, well, what would you do if you swallowed your tooth? What are some things you could have done? What did the girl do? Was it good to lie? And so it gets at that lesson without really letting you have the tough mm-hmm. conversation. Yeah, I really like that. And uh, I, I actually tend to do that myself when I'm watching movies i'll watch disney shows and then later on i'll be talking with my kids yeah you remember when simba did that <laughs> and i'll be pulling out these little lessons and they're like really dad and but 
but but but anyway, this is a really good way. But it's you know, it's, a, it's a way to get us off the hook too as parents because, gosh, like everything you say is so scrutinized by other parents and by your kids. And so, if you can point to another scenario where someone, whether it be you know the star in a TV show or a movie or a main character in a book, and you can just ask about you know those choices, and you'll get a deeper conversation that way. And because the kids don't <laughs> know that they're being taught. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And so I, I think that's a good way to be able to um, approach. I mean, just kind of look for different, I don't know, learning situations or whatever, just different things and be able to ask your kids, hey, here's this situation. What do you what do you think? And so, I mean, outside, I mean, th- th- that's where my mind is going right now is you're explaining um, the, the the way you're presenting these books is is just like another specific way of being able to deal with this, but we can just in our normal everyday thing, we see something or we hear about something, we can bring it up with our kids and be able to talk with them, say, Hey, here's something that happened and talk through it and ask them questions and things like that. And so me and my wife, we try to do that uh, best we can. My wife, um, she'll, she'll like find articles of, whatever a teenager that does something like totally stupid or whatever. And, and then we, we have a, my son, he's 14. And so, and so it's like, so it's like, okay, here, let's have a conversation with him. And so she'll, she'll talk with him and say, here, I read this article. So what do you think? And, and just kind of have a conversation about that. And so he's learning, starting to learn to be able to, to like think through some of those situations that, he never would have thought of because he's never been in those. And if he was just confronted in the moment, there might be that extra peer pressure that would cause him to do that. Right. And, and another thing I like to do, especially for young kids is I build the books in rhyme because I think it's more engaging as a parent reading to my own kids. Sometimes books drag on and rhyming books tend to keep their uh, creativity flowing because they can guess what words are coming up next. It's good for, the comprehension when you have the at sounds and the it sounds and the kids can kind of guess and anticipate what's coming up next. And so I'm a big fan of rhyming books because they just, they keep the flow. You get the da 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 and books don't seem to drag on as much. Um, you know, when I say to kids, when I'm reading the book and they haven't heard the tooth fairy's tummy ache and I say, it's best to be honest and always tell the truth. You should have just told me that you and the kids automatically go swallowed your tooth. And so um, it's one thing, it's my signature style. I love to write and rhyme. And I think it's because I remember being a young kid, my dad would always read Shel Silverstein and Dr. Seuss and things like that to me. And those are what resonated well with me because I definitely remember the times that my dad read longer books to me. And I'm guilty of this too. I would skip pages on purpose and he would do the same thing. And I would call him out. I'd say, you skipped all those pages, start over. And my kids will do the same thing to me. So I, um, I like to read and rhyme be- or I like to write and rhyme because it just keeps the flow a little bit better, but we've all been caught skipping pages. Well, it probably helps with memory too, because um, like rhyming phrases together tend to stick in your mind a little mm-hmm. bit more. So the principles can be able to stick probably a little bit better as well. And so, because I mean, there's, I mean, well, I probably have been through a few Dr. Seuss books with my kids. Not as many as when I was younger, though. But I still remember some of those because the the rhyming thing helps make it stick. Even though, like with Dr. Seuss, a lot of it doesn't make any sense. But it still sticks because it rhymes and it it has that kind of sing-songy 
bounce to it. And so, and so especially messages like what you're sharing here in your books, it's, it's really good for um, the, not just to be able to get them through the book and be able to keep them engaged through the book, but then after they're done with it, it's easier for them to recall that later. Yes. And one thing I purposely did, you know, I realized that two fairies generally att- attract more girls than they do boys. I mean, even though two fairy is something for both genders, I made sure that in the two fairies tummy ache, when you see a look at the two fairies workshops, there are boy two fairies in there because I wanted kids to be able to picture themselves in the story. And so that's one thing that I really um, enjoyed doing. And it was some feedback I got early on. Someone said to me, why don't you put boy tooth fairies in there? And it was like a light bulb went off in my head. Yeah. I don't know why I didn't let me do that now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Th- yeah. That's good. I like that. Um, and I also see that you have a, another book that you are working on coming out in May, 2021. So can you tell us a little bit about that? Give us a little sneak peek. Absolutely. That's another very deeply personal book, very similar to being small. About two years ago, we lost our cat, Tiger. She was 18. And my girls were hit very hard by that. Um, My kids would have been five and three at the time. And they really, really had a hard time understanding, you know, where she went. And we're not a, a religious or spiritual family. And so immediately, I couldn't find a book about the experience And so we did a balloon release and we just released a few balloons. We tied a note and it said, you know, I miss you. I love you. And every single day after that balloon release, I found my kids asking me where the balloons went. And, you know, then my dad called them on the phone and said, I was flying on a plane today and I saw the balloons and we kind of kept that banter up. And I realized it was a good idea to tell a story. So it's called Balloons for Tiger. And the book is about the journey of the balloons. So not about anything religious or spiritual, but just about how these girls release balloons and they get, you know, they, they get caught in a stork's mouth when the stork is delivering a baby. They see the tooth fairy, they see astronauts, and eventually the balloons make it to Tiger and Tiger sends down this beautiful rainbow just to let the kids know that, you know, she appreciates the gesture and she's thinking of them. And so I think it's a nice way for kids to cope with pet loss or any loss in a way that doesn't is not spiritual or forced and doesn't lead to further questions about religion. If that's not what you want to deal with, there are a ton of books about pet loss on religion, but it just wasn't right for our family. Mm -hmm. And so the hope is that this will be, you know, unfortunately if a child deals with the first death, whether it's a pet or a family member or a friend or an acquaintance, they can kind of, take this book and have an imaginative experience about. All right. Well, I really appreciate that. So where would be the best way that people could be able to find out more about these books, get the books or find out more about you? So people can go to my website. It's Lori Orlinsky author.com. My books are available there. They're available on Amazon and Barnes and Noble. And my social handle is at Lori Orlinsky author on Facebook and Instagram. And I love talking to people, hearing about their experience in reading my books, love seeing pictures. And so I am happy to connect with people there as well. Well, excellent. Thank you very much for your time. I really appreciate the the conversation and the uh, sharing from a lot of very personal areas as well um, in these areas. I thought they're very, very important situations for us to be able to consider for ourselves with the areas of bullying and then also honesty as well. And so um, 
hopefully we can be able to take these, learn it for our own selves, and then get the books for our kids so that they can be able to learn the lessons uh, that maybe took us a, a lifetime to be able to get down ourselves too. So thank you very much. Thank you so much for having me. It was such a pleasure. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely.